Section 10 of the Book of a Thousand Nights and a Night, Volume 6. This is a LibriVox recording. All LibriVox recordings are in the public domain. For more information, or to volunteer, please visit LibriVox.org. The Book of a Thousand Nights and a Night, Volume 6, by Anonymous. Translated by Richard Francis Burton. Section 10. When it was the five hundredth and sixty-fourth night. She said, It hath reached me, O auspicious king, that Sindmad the seaman continued, But when I had bestridden the plank, quoth I to myself, Thou deservest all that betideth thee. All this is decreed to me of Allah, whose name be exalted, to turn me from my greed of gain, Whence ariseth all that I endure, for I have wealth galore? Then I returned to my senses, and said, In very sooth, this time I repent to the Most High, with a sincere repentance, of my lust for gain and venture, and never will I again name travel with tongue nor in thought. And I ceased not to humble myself before Almighty Allah, and weep and bewail myself, recalling my former estate of solace and satisfaction and mirth and merriment and joyance and thus i abode two days at the end of which time i came to a great island abounding in trees and streams there i landed and ate of fruits of the island and drank of its waters till i was refreshed and my life returned to me and my strength and spirits were restored and I recited, Oft when thy case shows knotty and tangled skein, Fate downs from heaven and straightens every ply. In patience keep thy soul till clear thy lot, For he who ties the knot can eke untie. Then I walked about till I found on the further side A great river of sweet water, Running with a strong current, whereupon I called to mind the boat-raft I had made aforetime, and said to myself, Needs must I make another. Haply I may free me from this strait. If I escape, I have my desire, and I vow to Allah Almighty to forswear travel. And if I perish, I shall be at peace, and shall rest from toil and moil. So I rose up, and gathered together, great store of pieces of wood from the trees, which were all of the finest sanders wood, whose like is not alb, I knew it not, and made shift to twist creepers and tree-twigs into a kind of rope, with which I bound the billets together, and so contrived a raft. Then saying, and I be saved, tis of God's grace, I embarked thereon and committed myself to the current, and it bore me on for the first day and the second, and the third, after leaving the island. Whilst I lay in the raft, eating not, and drinking, when I was athirst, of the water of the river, till I was weak and giddy as a chicken, for stress of fatigue and famine and fear, at the end of this time I came to a high mountain, whereunder ran the river, which, when I saw, I feared for my life, by reason of the straightness I had suffered in my former journey, 
and I would fain have stayed the raft, and landed on the mountain side. But the current overpowered me, and drew me into the subterranean passage like an archway, whereupon I gave myself up for lost, and said, There is no majesty, there is no might save in Allah, the glorious, the great. However, after a little, the raft glided into open air, and I saw before me a wide valley, whereinto the river fell with a noise like the rolling of thunder, and a swiftness as the rushing of the wind. I held on to the raft, for fear of falling off it, whilst the waves tossed me right and left, and the craft continued to descend with the current, nor could I avail to stop it, nor turn it shorewards, till it stopped with me, at a great and goodly city, grandly edified, and containing much people. And when the townsfolk saw me on the raft, dropping down with the current, they threw me out ropes which I had not strength enough to hold. Then they tossed a net over the craft, and drew it ashore with me, whereupon I fell to the ground amidst them, as I were a dead man, for stress of fear and hunger and lack of sleep. After a while there came up to me out of the crowd an old man, of reverend aspect, well stricken in years, who welcomed me, and threw over an abundance of handsome clothes wherewith I covered my nakedness. Then he carried me to the hammam bath, and brought me cordial sherbets and delicious perfumes. Moreover, when I came out, he bore me to his house, where his people made much of me, and, seating me in a pleasant place, set rich food before me, whereof I ate my fill, and returned thanks to God the Most High for my deliverance. Thereupon his pages fetched me hot water, and I washed my hands, and his handmaids brought me silken napkins, with which I dried them, and wiped my mouth. Also the sheikh set apart for me an apartment in a part of his house, and charged his pages and slave-girls to wait upon me, and do my will, and supply my wants. They were assiduous in my service, and I abode with him in the guest-chamber three days, taking my ease of good eating and good drinking, and good sense, till life returned to me, and my terrors subsided, and my heart was calmed, and my mind was eased. On the fourth day the sheikh, my host, came in to me, and said, Thou cheerest us with thy company, O my son, and praise be Allah for thy safety. Say, wilt thou now come down with me to the beach, and the bazaar, and sell thy goods, and take their price? Belike thou mayst buy thee wherewithal to traffic. I have ordered my servants to remove thy stock in trade from the sea, and they have piled it on the shore. I was silent a while, and said to myself, What mean these words, and what goods have I? Then said he, O my son, be not troubled nor careful, but come with me to the market, and if any offer for thy goods what price contenteth thee, take it. But, and thou be not satisfied, I will lay them up for thee in my warehouse against a fitting occasion for sale. So I bethought me of my case, and said to myself, 
do his bidding, and see what are these goods. And I said to him, O oh, my nuncle the sheikh, I hear and I obey. I may not gainsay thee in aught, for Allah's blessing is on all thou dost. Accordingly he guided me to the market street, where I found that he had taken in pieces the raft which carried me, and which was of sandalwood, and I heard the broker calling it for sale. And Shahrazad perceived the dawn of day, and ceased saying her permitted say. When it was the five hundred and sixty-fifth night, she said, It hath reached me, O auspicious king, that Sinbad the seaman thus resumed his tale. I found that the sheikh had taken to pieces my raft, which lay on the beach, and the broker was crying the sandalwood for sale. Then the merchants came, and opened the gate of bidding for the wood, and bid against one another, till its price reached a thousand dinars. When they left bidding, and my host said to me, Here, O my son, this is the current price of thy goods in hard times like these. Wilt thou sell them for this, or shall I lay them up for thee in my storehouses, till such time as prices rise? O my lord, answered I, the business is in thy hands, do as thou wilt. Then asked he, Wilt thou sell the wood to me, O my son, for an hundred gold pieces, over and above what the merchants have bidden for it? And I answered, Yes, I have sold it to thee for monies received. So he bade his servants transport the wood to his storehouses, and, carrying me back to his house, seated me and counted out to me the purchase money, after which he laid it in bags, and setting them in a privy place, locked them up with an iron padlock, and gave me its key. Some days after this, the sheikh said to me, O oh, my son, I have somewhat to propose to thee, wherein I trust thou wilt do my bidding. Quoth I, What is it? Quoth he, I am a very old man, and I have no son, but I have a daughter, who is young in years, and fair of favour, and endowed with abounding wealth and beauty. Now I have a mind to marry her to thee, that thou mayst abide with her in this our country, and I will make thee master of all I have in hand, for I am an old man, and thou shalt stand in my stead. I was silent for shame, and made him no answer, whereupon he continued, Do my desire in this, O my son, for I wish but thy will, and if thou wilt but do as I say, thou shalt have her at once, and be as my son, and all that is under my hand, or that cometh to me, shall be thine. And if thou have a mind to traffic and travel to thy native land, none shall hinder thee, and thy property will be at thy sole disposal. So do as thou wilt. By Allah, O my uncle, replied I, thou art become to me even as my father, and I am a stranger, and have undergone many hardships, while for stress of that which I have suffered, naught of judgment or knowledge is left to me. It is for thee, therefore, to decide what I shall do. Hereupon he sent his servants for the Kazai, and the witnesses, and married me to his daughter, making us for a noble marriage feast, 
and high festival. When I went into her, I found her perfect in beauty and loveliness and symmetry and grace, clad in rich raiment and covered with a profusion of ornaments and necklaces and other trinkets of gold and silver and precious stones worth a mint of money, a price none could pay. She pleased me, and we loved each other, and I abode with her in solace and delight of life till her father was taken to the mercy of Allah Almighty. So we shrouded him and buried him, and I laid hands on the whole of his property, and all his servants and slaves became mine. Moreover, the merchants installed me in his office, for he was their sheikh and their chief, and none of them purchased aught but with his knowledge and by his leave. And now his rank passed on to me. When I became acquainted with the townsfolk, I found that at the beginning of each month they were transformed, in that their faces changed, and they became like birds, and they put forth wings, wherewith they flew unto the upper regions of the firmament, and none remained in the city save the women and children. And I said in my mind, When the first of the month cometh, I will ask one of them to carry me with them, whither they go. So when the time came, and their complexion changed, and their forms altered, I went in to one of the townsfolk, and said to him, Allah upon thee, carry me with thee, that I might divert myself with the rest, and return with you. This may not be, answered he. But I ceased not to solicit him, and I importuned him, till he consented. Then I went out in his company, without telling any of my family, or servants, or friends, and he took me on his back, and flew up with me so high in air, that I heard the angels glorifying God in the heavenly dome. Whereat I wondered, and exclaimed, Praise be Allah! Extolled be the perfection of Allah! Hardly had I made an end of pronouncing the tasbih, Praise be Allah! when there came out a fire from heaven, and all but consumed the company, whereupon they fled from it, and descended with curses upon me, and, casting me down on a high mountain, went away, exceeding wrath with me, and left me there alone. As I found myself in this plight, I repented of what I had done, and reproached myself for having undertaken that for which I was unable, saying, There is no majesty, and there is no might save in Allah. The glorious, the great! No sooner am I delivered from one affliction than I fall into a worse. And I continued in this case, knowing not whither I should go, when, lo, there came up two young men, as they were moons, each using as a staff a rod of red gold. So I approached them and saluted them, and when they returned my salam, I said to them, Allah upon you twain, Who are ye, and what are ye? Quoth they, We are of the servants of the Most High Allah, abiding in this mountain. And, giving me a rod of red gold they had with them, went their ways, and left me. I walked on along the mountain ridge, staying my steps with the staff, and pondering the case of the two youths, when, behold, a serpent came forth from under the mountain, 
with a man in her jaws, whom she had swallowed even to below his navel. And he was crying out, and saying, Whoso delivereth me, Allah will deliver him from all adversity. So I went up to the serpent, and smote her on the head with the golden staff, whereupon she cast the man forth of her mouth. And Shahrazad perceived the dawn of day, and ceased to say her permitted say. End of section 10